Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome to the NXT 2.0 review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by the Dudley Boys of What Culture, Michael Hamflet, Michael Sidgwick, here to review everything that happened on last night's episode of NXT. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts where we not only review NXT. Premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, oh. and a roundup of the week complete with a bloody good quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. As I said, though, joined by Hamlet and Cedric to review last night's episode of NXT and all the fallout from Worlds. <laughs> I do like the idea of people, you know, it's all kicking off, obviously, in the. Yeah. In, well, in this business. Right now. And obviously, you know, we are the number one UK wrestling podcast. Um, and people go, you know what? I'm going to dip my toe back into this, see what's going on. And maybe they listen to our excellent podcast on uh, all hell breaking loose in AEW yesterday or just our review of All Out. And they've gone, you know what? Let's see what WWE content they do. <laughs> I'll give them a minute. <laughs> of the NXT 2.0 review. Do you know what? I'm going to start this podcast with a sentence I don't think I've ever said on a 2.0 review. Me and Sidgwick were talking about this over the desk this morning. <laughs> we were talking about this over the desk this morning. Uh, we're often, uh, we're the first to complain about Triple H taking the fun out of 2.0, which we've tried to tell the wrestling world through our position as a number one wrestling podcast that this there is fun to be had on 2.0. And we've known this for the 51 weeks of this great show celebration yes. coming next week. We made it. We made it. I can't, just <laughs> I can't believe it's been a year. Yeah. And what a year it's been. Um, Maybe he's fooling us, and it is going to be the end, but Triple H, bless him, might have found the platonic ideal this week because I enjoyed some wrestling and looked forward to things that you would say as you were fastidiously taking notes based on backstage promos. This kind of had it all as far as the 2.0 goes. Yeah, the show was pretty good, actually. Yeah. One thing I will say, it would be piss funny if he decides uh, enough's enough. Black and gold was where it's at. It's my business now. Here it comes. We're back. And then it, like, fails again. And he has to do 2.0 again of his own volition. That would be, that would be hilarious. But the show was stupid and at times great. Massive um, first birthday cake on the show. Like, towers and towers and towers and towers. It's 2.0 now, isn't it? Of course, Toxic Traction are going to be inside. And then it's like, sexy boy. And it's Shawn Michaels. 
I'm so excited for next week. Our preview's going to be oh, wild. Yeah. But yes, all the fallout from Worlds Collide. And the show opened, actually, with that, with the, the guy who was in the main event, Tyler Biat. Uh, of course, he uh, lost the unification match to Bran Bariku uh, at Worlds Collide. And he thanked the fans. He thanked uh, everyone for their support from the bottom of his heart. Um, everyone that backed NXT UK from the beginning, put over NXT Europe on its way. Uh, got loads of chants, obviously, from the audience. And he thanks Bron Breaker as well. Uh, puts him over as the unified NXT champion. Uh, he said, look, I know I lost, but we created magic, and I'm grateful for that. And he says that my name will still remain in the history books as the first and last NXT United Kingdom champion. And he goes on to say some more stuff, but then he is interrupted by Gallus. Um, and they come out and say, you shouldn't be... Thank you, everyone. You should be apologizing. You should apologize to everyone. England, Wales, Ireland, but most importantly, Scotland. You let us down. Um, you know, you let everyone down. You're putting over NXT Europe and you let down Europe, basically. Um, and uh, Bait Fire's back. Well, you didn't win your match either. You didn't hold it up your end of the bargain. Uh, you didn't win the uh, unified NXT tag titles at Worlds Collide. And that fires them up, and they they surround Tyler Bates uh, and point out the fact that they got a three-on-one numbers advantage. They beat him up, then who should run down to make the save? But Bates' opponent from the weekend, Baran Bariku, cleans house and grabs a mic and says, you know what, if you want to fight, let's have a fight for the main event this evening. This was a very Triple H opening segment, uh, an opening promo that was interrupted to set up the main event. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Super basic. Um, I watched World Glide last night because it didn't really stand a chance on Sunday and it had absolutely no chance in hell on Monday. <laughs> so I was like trying to find the right sort of headspace for it and indeed be caught up for this. And I will say this, right? Tyler Bate had some credibility behind his words here because that was one of the better Bron Breaker title yeah. defenses. Genuinely good main event. The chemistry was just different, maybe because Tyler Bate is a working baby face. And so far they've insisted on doing heels that slow Breaker down and think they found the weak spot. Tyler Bates tre- challenged differently and felt that he was on bronze level already. It wasn't about chopping down the tree, none of that stuff. Far more intelligent Bron Breaker main event if you have to make him go along at all, which they still shouldn't. So I had a bit more time for this, if only because I thought they did such a good job together and I quite now like their friend chemistry too. Gallus uh, feel completely like losers, but I will say they're kind of being booked that way too. So whereas typically we would perhaps, or we and me, would come across as pretty cruel towards Gallus as goons and very little more. I cannot complain too loudly about the position they're being put in here. You know me. Long-time listeners will know me. One of my least favorite things on this oath <laughs> is what would the main event be? Like, what would the main event be? It's just so narratively convenient for these things to happen. It's taken as red rubbish, this sort of thing, yeah. isn't it? So that they just allow it to I'll exist. I'll never, so, ever yeah. let it go. Like a dog with a f- bone. <laughs> you know, I just will never let it go. And when you have promo, interrupted promo, impromptu main event involving Gallus, <laughs> how could I possibly care? Except I did care about most of the rest of the show in some weird ways. <laughs> yeah. So I just can't believe the mood shift because there's some really great action. Do you remember this right? Did Gallus now bring security out with them and then just beat security up as well? I don't really get that whole deal. I don't know if it's like... I, th- I hate the expression. I know we're jumping ahead, and I'm sorry he asked you. Just in case I forget to bury it later, like, the looks on their faces, like, one of the firm boys are here. Yeah. yeah. firm boys are here. Like, well, yeah, people need protecting from us. That's how fucking hard we are. 
It's yeah. funny. It's funny. Tell not sure though, isn't it? Because when they did, when they Jack Diamond mine, the three of them were there, and universally everybody was like, Ugh. yeah. <laughs> like, so now they've like t- as if to sort of suggest, no, they are a threat. We promise. I know they're lucky. I know the jackets like sort of undermine this whole thing and all the rest of it. Like they've got the security detail with them. Aye, it's that's that's try hard stuff. I. I don't mean to cause any problems. I don't think Hank Walker's doing his job properly. <laughs> more, more on him a little bit later. Well, a little late. uh, um, Right, we go backstage with the brilliant NXT Tag Team Champions, the Unified Tag Champs, pretty deadly. Uh, they're admiring their sets of belts. They say, I can't pick which is better, the NXT UK or the NXT Tag Titles. It's like deciding between Chris Hemsworth and Brad Pitt, and they recap all the times they've won the different tag titles, and then they say... Does that make us the best tag team of all time? Yes, yes boy! boy. Uh, and then a Lash legend comes in and uh, says, oh, I'll tell you what, so, you know what people are saying? Some people are only saying you, that you won these because of Damon Kemp, and this pisses them off, and they storm off to have a bit of a row later. I love Pretty Deadly. Uh, Jinx, Jinx again from Frozen. Yes. Fan, they're they're part there. Like, I'm so glad they won. They're absolute part there. They called um, the Don, the Don of NXT, a silly goose. Later. <laughs> <laughs> They're great. They're great. Uh, I want to put something over here that I don't usually. I hate exposition. It's creeping in AEW as well. It's just like, I watch the show. You know the person you're talking to. You don't have to recap the events. Hey, Darren Young. Dialogue. (laughs) Hey, Darren Young. Dialogue is terrible. If anyone, right, would do exposition and, like, hype up their own achievements by talking about it again and again and again... It's these two fellas. It actually <laughs> works in character. Yeah, I was going to say, this isn't just them reading their Wikipedia page. They were just being arseholes. Going, yeah. yeah. Oh, do we do we, do we, we come third on the UK uh, wrestling podcast chart? Oh, I don't think we did, actually. Did we, were we second? No, let me just check. Oh, no, we weren't second either. <laughs> oh, let's go number one. Yes, boy! Yes, yes boy! boy! I love in that uh, example you've given as well, that you had number three and number two right there, but you had to do a... to crunch some numbers to get to number one. <laughs> Real other thing. Uh, we get a digital exclusive. It actually could have been four. It was slipping. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, scroll back up. Ah. One of those, like, sort of all the counters type. Right? Yeah. The yeah. long receipt that comes out. It's like, chung, 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 chung. Oh, no. Now check. It's number one. Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> we get a uh, digital exclusive with Cora J challenging Miko Satamora. Uh, but she says, uh, I'm not going to face you. I'm going to face someone who's actually given me some respect. And that is Roxanne Perez. And Jade storms off and... Well, we can all see where this is going a little bit later on. Uh, and then it was time for Edigiedi and Nikki A.S.H. versus Toxic Attraction. They obviously cost uh, Dewdrop and Nikki A.S.H. the the match against Caden Carter and Kate, not Casey. Katana Chance. Katana Chance, thank you, uh, at the pay-per-view. Um, but they put over the fact that they've been all over the bloody place this week, understandably. They were at World's Glide, then they wrestled on Raw. And they seemingly split, but, but okay, whatever. Yeah. No, they, doesn't matter. Uh, they're back together. Um, and they got a win here. Um, Toxic Attraction took advantage early on by shoving Nikki A.S.H. off the top rope and uh, J.C. Jane somersault scenting off the apron to take us to a break uh, as Dewdrop gets hit with a soccer kick. Uh, when we come back, they're working over Nikki, but she finally gets over to Dewdrop. Hot tag. She sort of sandwiched both Jane and Dolene with a uh, scent on. Cleans house. Cannonball in the corner. Vader splash gets the dewdrop and near fall. But JC Jane makes the save. A uh, big melee breaks out. Nikki's fired up and she traps Jane in that ring skirt and just batters her. And dewdrop 
hits uh, Dolene with a Mishinoku driver and that running splash. When she uh, sits up from the one, two, three, she looks awesome because she's got a bit of a bloodied nose. Mm. But uh, yeah, what did you make of all this? I don't mean to like be awful about Toxic Attraction specifically, but like their matches typically have quite a low ceiling. Like sort of two and three quarter, mm. three star. Bang average. Quality wise, yeah. Like every now and then you see these flashes, but it never stretches across the whole match. Um, and I don't know if this was just like TV veteran rub, because it's not like Nikki A.S.H. and um, Dewdropper, like Sanger levels of experience or anything, but they've <laughs> just been around the block once or twice. Dewdropper in particular here, it's just that reminder of like, yeah, she absolutely should be doing so much more. Yeah. Like I know that's that's been said about a million WWE wrestlers over the years, but like she should be doing so, so much more. She brought so much extra to this that I just think that Toxic Attraction don't get enough of in their opponents. They're never the veterans. They're cast as, as these long-standing tag champions, as these, like, nobody can touch us around it. It's like, then you see them in there with actual people that know, or uh, seemingly have a lot more experience. It just really, really shows. She just, like, I couldn't get over, like, what a positive presence she was on this whole match and how she kind of elevated everything. Nikki Asich was good as well. It's different when they've been on television. Of course, they carry more sort of presence and aura and all the rest of it. But it's like when Toxic Attraction were on SmackDown the other week and it didn't feel like they were particularly levelling up to the stage, but I felt like I was watching them being brought up here. Mm. This was kind of, especially for this act that uh, falling apart on Mondays and then finding the feet again on Tuesdays, this match was way better than it had any right to be, I thought. Yeah, it was good as opposed to bang average, which yes, hardly inspires me, but whatever. Um, there was one bit where I really cringed it was JC Jane. What noise did she make when she jumped off the apron with a somersault? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she, she's ah! her overreactions in every aspect of her work it's are just badly coached. I think the faces when they walk and yeah. there's like sort of noises and cells. It's she, I think she's extra managing minutes. Well, okay. Where <laughs> 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 that come from? Matt Bloom's sort of nodding Sergey backstage. <laughs> She got it. Mop the ice. Then we got a little vignette. Apollo Apollo Cruz is writing in his journal talking about what happened with Grace and Bloody Waller. He says once it may have been an accident, but twice is is deliberate. And talking about him getting poked in the eye, raking you know Grace and Waller raking the eyes, however you want to do it. And yeah, everything's blurry for him. They're like puddle of mud. Because of all this, <laughs> can't quite see into the future anymore. And uh, he turns around and he's got a red eye. He's <laughs> got pink eyes, so naturally he can't see in the future anymore. What a sentence. Like, what? <laughs> what like that reveal. I did love that reveal. Pa- an eye patch would have been better than what he saw. It's like, oh, he got a bit of an eye infection. I had a bit of a one on Friday before the live shows, and I was worried that it would look hideous. So just in the daytime, I wore some sunglasses just to make sure I wasn't squinting or anything like that. Like, Apollo's wasn't much worse. No. My red eye went down. Right. It looks like me when I forget to take my hay fever tablets and rub my eyes. Oh, my power to see the future, which is impossible, has gone blurry. <laughs> we were talking about this, right, on uh, the review where we actually reviewed the Waller versus Apollo Crews uh, yeah. match where the incident actually happened. Mm. And um, we were thinking, right, okay, well, when you pick this sort of thing apart, even in, like, superhero stuff, it makes no sense. But just, like, magic. So, cool, right? But you'd think... It would be like a mental power. Yeah. Not actually sexually located. It's like pupil or something. You know what I mean? I it's can, got magic eyes. Well, it's going it's to move on now, isn't it? You know what happens? Obviously, like people have other stronger senses. I can smell the future. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's taking a shit backstage. I would have loved And I'm going to find out who it is. 
I would have loved that. I said this. I said this when we were talking about it. Minority Report is just Tom Cruise going. <laughs> there we go. Kill it all you want. It's ridiculous. But, uh, you see the digital exclusive stage. Me and Will will talk about this, but there's almost no chance you would have watched it. Grayson Waller's like cutting this earnest promo oh. backstage at Worlds Clyde. Have you seen it? It wasn't used no. on the show. Oh, it's so amazing. He does, tells quite a long story with his serious face. And you know it's going somewhere, but he's talked about like how he was only raised by his mother. So it's, he's saying like, because it was just me and her, I had to learn to like steal myself and blah, blah, blah. But then she saw me on, like, was it against Apollo Cruise and yeah, on the Grayson Waller effect? Yeah, last week. Yeah. Like, and she's saying like, come on, Grayson. I was like, basically it ends up where well, he just banters his own mom off. Screw you, Mama Waller. I'm the only I'm the only man that's going to make the Waller name proud. Like it's amazing. He's the best. They're going to run it back, probably. Basically, Um, Apollo Crews can't see it yet. We can, because our eyes ain't pink. Like it was 1990 when they put that contact lens in Jake Roberts' eye when he got blinded with the arrogance. Do better. I know. I know. That's still the most. Oh, yeah. Where's your your eye gone, Jake? Literally got a guy on this show wearing a contact lens in his eye to be because yeah. it's white because it's pure or something. I mean, like this is it. I cannot be too critical because I never, as a as a six year old, to be fair to me, I never questioned when it just grew back. Yes. Yeah. Oh, it's people's grew back. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then it was time for Wesley versus JD McDonough. Uh, I enjoyed this a lot. Um, I thought they worked really well together. Um, Wesley's obviously incredibly physically gifted, and JD McDonough plays his. What serial Patrick Bateman basically doesn't he? That's what he does. Um, Lee took us to commercials with this wild flip dive over the ropes, um, but during the break, McDonough cuts him off and starts targeting on, works it over. Lee fights back, fires up nicely. Uh, McDonough powders the outside, but Lee just sails through the ropes, uh, sending McDonough over the announce desk. To which uh, McDonough's sort of like scrapping around, I don't know where he is. Grabs Vic Joseph's leg, and Vic Joseph's like, get him off me! <laughs> like that. I love this reaction. And like, even Wade was like, you're right, mate. Was, you're okay. Get, get away from me. Totally should have tried to bite him. Yes. Totally should have tried to bite him. Uh, back in the ring, near fall for Wesley on JD McDonough. Uh, McDonough tries to cut him off. They sort of trade headbooks and collapse together. Uh, another near fall from Wesley. McDonough kicks out, though, and uh, stays in wrist control to target that arm that he's been targeting earlier. And uh, just just kicks Wesley as hard as he can in the face and hits him with that nice devil inside finisher uh, for the one, two, three. Was good, this. Yeah, it was. Uh, good snap. Like, McDonough, I'm still not convinced that with this gimmick, you can get, like, as far as probably he thinks he can go with it. Like, it's just, it's so, so performative that when you get down to the brass tacks of the match, like, the two things don't really connect. Like, when he's having his, when he's doing his best work, it's not when he's being a cartoon psychopath. Yes. Which is funny, that, isn't it? Like, a lot of actual decent wrestlers on the show, I'd like, loathes I'm to praise him, he can go. But then when you're slapped with these stupid gimmicks, it just obviously gets in the way of it, as we all say, it always will. Uh, Wesley, is he losing too much is the sympathy just going to dry up and is he just going to be received as a geek? Because it kind of fe- acts like one in the segments yeah, as well. Yeah, it felt like weeks ago that he was supposed to get the win that would turn the corner and it's just not happening. And as have they missed that window with him? He's just a 50-50 guy. Mm. If he beat Trick Williams, then he loses to this. And then they've got no fixed direction for him, so it's kind of impossible to take him seriously. And like, I don't... Seems like a nice guy who can't act very well. He's sort of an NXT 2.0 Ricochet right now, isn't he? Yeah. When yeah. Ricochet was on the main roster and just being like, you can bump and do these amazing matches, uh, but you're going to lose. Mm. It's like, yeah, I don't know. Obviously, he was, well, that being said, sorry to cut you off, the fact that I really got into this is a credit to the work. Yeah, mm. really enjoyed this. And obviously, it was necessary from 
where we're going to go towards the end of this show. But uh, before we get there, um, guess who's backstage? The boys hanging out, having a coffee. Um, and, uh, yeah, they cut backstage. They're watching the show, obviously, and uh, take a little sip. And uh, Stag says, Hey, make a bit of cappuccino and espresso, boys. <laughs> <laughs> love a back and forth between Stax and the Nan. And uh, Cameron Grimes, wa- sorry, where are my manners? Carriage ass, baby. He's walking <laughs> to the <laughs> catering section or something, don't we? Uh, and Tony goes, oh, hey, look who it is. The- oh, no, sorry, that's the, it's the different segment. I've got confused. It's pretty deadly or walking past. And he goes, oh, the unified tag team champions of the world. This is broken. Like all of these people in one second is broken your brain, isn't it? Yeah, Cameron Grimes comes later. Sorry. When you did uh, Cameron Grimes, baby, you went rampage (laughs) with (laughs) us. So, yeah, uh, pretty deadly walking past. Tony gets their attention and Stax backs him up, of course, by going, You big match on Sunday, boy. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty deadly thank them. They say, Yeah, screw the haters. Oh, what are you drinking there? You got an espresso. You want a cup? Very deadly. I've never tried one before, but I'll have one. And Tony says, "Hey, uh, big win on Sunday, but I, I gotta ask, how much did it cost?" Uh, and this is when Pretty Deadly goes, "There isn't an entrance for you, silly goose." <laughs> Tony says, "Maron." Hey, you that's, got that's a shoot on getting into worlds collide. You got Damon to screw Diamond Mine for free, and you did it on the up and up. I'm impressed. And they're choking back coffee at this point. They say, No, 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 we didn't ask Damon Kemp to do anything. We did it on our own. And Stexy's, you wait. Whatever you say, we won't tell nobody. <laughs> <laughs> you asshole. <laughs> <laughs> There, and they say, you're just like the people online. There's a load of bollocks. They storm off. Oh. And Tony goes, oh, we did it on our own. <laughs> <laughs> quite enjoyed this. Scene. Yeah, I can tell, mate. I can absolutely <laughs> tell. Jesus Christ. Oh. I've got no car. Oh, what the hell am I meant to say to that? <laughs> Imagine like the sort of mafia guy. So IRL, day to day when he's not wrestling at the performance center. He's killing guys. His main guy disappears. He's like... You got a guy to turn heel in a wrestling show for free? <laughs> wow! <laughs> There's three dead bodies this morning in my shoot job. <laughs> the idea that he's impressed with this. Who else? Oh, it's Keanu James. Like, wasn't she? She's like, I'll do two bloody jobs. <laughs> no wrestling mentioned like that. Come on, Duncan, get my report printed. About what? <laughs> <laughs> like that? Oh. Yes, it was a good segment, this. Great. This is the best thing I've ever seen. This is when I knew. This is where we've established, apparently, Tony D's coffee shop, because it was like (laughs) about three different segments throughout this show. This was when... Let's pick up up the espresso. What's going on with Stax Espressos? A good match, followed by this, and I was like, we're going to be all right this week. (laughs) Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be Big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help? A try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash whatculture. Uh, yeah, they talk next about the fact it is a year of NXT oh! next week. Uh, and the fact we can find that only three people that are willing to celebrate in all yeah. the wrestling media. <laughs> the fact we can we can now vote apparently, uh, presumably on WWE social medias or, or WWE.com on I think was it who the biggest star has been or who the most impactful star has been. I think it was very interesting that they preceded that with a Tony D segment because they really know the dynamic. They want to plant it in your mind. The bosses need to uh, get us a party budget for those little spooters and pointy hats and we'll do a video podcast. Oh, Birthday balloons yeah. everywhere, you know, the celebratory NXT 2.0 podcast mm-hmm. and the farewell. I might, <laughs> I might write a book. You know, you've got an excellent series of books. You've got a book about the sort of origins of NXT, which is called... Development Hell. And you've got a book all about AEW, which is called... Becoming All Elite. Uh, Developmental Hell, sorry. Oh, yes. Uh, both available. Because you get it. A lot of films <laughs> get put into what's called Development Hell when they realize it's completely untenable and no one's going to buy it. And that was the exact same thing about Developmental. So, <laughs> so it's kind of a considerate uh, a play on weed. Weed, <laughs> uh, But they're both, of course, available on Amazon right now. And I want to write a book about NXT. It'll be dreadful, but the audiobook version is going to be absolutely <laughs> spectacular. It'll be six hours long for a 20-page <laughs> book that I've written. And then Tony D said, oh. <laughs> Right, anyway, we got uh, Roxanne Perez versus the legend that is Mako Satamora. And uh, just even, I know it's, you know, really simple stuff, but even just saying, like, yeah, like, Mako Satamora, I've been wrestling for, like, 10 years when Roxanne Perez was born. It always <laughs> blows my mind, this. She's ridiculous, Satamora. Um, uh, it makes sense why Nicholas was going so crazy for her on NXT UK. Uh, and they had a really uh, enjoyable back and forth match as well. You know, Roxanne Perez was clearly very happy to be in a ring with a, with a legend like Satamora um, and worked well with her. Sort of decent chain wrestling back and forth between the two of them. Uh, reversals, submissions, etc., etc. Perez 
dives through the ropes at one point. Uh, Cora Jade's looking very grumpy walk, watching on a back, backstage monitor with a kendo stick over her shoulder. And at one point, she storms off and literally no one thinks. I wonder where she's going. Um, she fires up, does Perez after Satamora takes control for a while, and then, but then eats a kick and fights back with a nice counter for a near fall. Some good grappling in here. Uh, but she gets hit with a spinning wheel kick from Satamora. Uh, then they fight up top. Uh, Perez executes the like super Frankensteiner or something bonkers off the top rope for a near fall. Uh, then they trade strikes, and suddenly out of nowhere, Perez rushes in, eats a kick, and Satamora hits that Scorpio rising finisher of hers for the one, two, three. Nice bit of respect afterwards, though. They shake hands. You know, Perez is just happy to have been in there with Satamora. And as Satamora goes to leave, of course, Cora Jade slides in and twats Perez across the back with that kendo stick before bailing as Satamora slides in. We could sort of see where this was going from the moment we had that digital exclusive earlier, but the match was ex- itself was quite good fun, I thought. Yeah, um, absolutely. Um, I really didn't know who was going to win in spite of the actual angle yeah. digital exclusive that preceded it. Um, I thought it could have went either way because I think they've done a fantastic job with Roxanne Perez and she justified here why they've done that on her behalf because I thought it was a great performance from her. And like Satamura, Satamura, she's just absolutely incredible. Um, I wouldn't say it was a great match, but it was so absorbing and really well worked and they played with that sort of experience and sort of stoic badass versus younger um, like really sort of desperate to make an impression. Yeah. Like this has told a really nice story. It was very nice and basic pro wrestling, but it, it rocketed past dreaded solid and just, I thought, was really well done. Fantastically thoughtful matchmaking, this was. Like a victory for that, if nothing else. Looking up and down the roster and thinking, I don't know how long Mako's sticking around for, hopefully ages. Hopefully she just becomes yeah. a, like a sort of a cornerstone of this division, a final boss for the heels and all that kind of thing. But like... Just Roxanne Perez is all right. And we've said this, like, in other matches and other combinations. She's clearly very gifted in that way that, like, a young Sean Waltman was, where you would have, have advanced years beyond your age and years beyond your character's age. Mm. And then you have to scale it back and show that what you can actually do is sell that you're not quite there yet. You can see she has to hold back and then release it in dribs and drabs so you can see the flashes and you can see the magic. It's like Garcia does that as well. Yeah, like, there's certain wrestlers that do that at such a young age. And it's so cool to see these prodigious talents when they're put in the position to show that they are prodigies and how best against a really experienced pro that is probably going to beat you, but you get to, mm-hmm. like, tip to an you get to threaten. So I was just, like, their chemistry was fantastic, but, like, that's what you want out of two people that are playing these exact roles, and the matchmaking allowed them to do that. Really like this. Um, this was a better idea than what will probably come next, which is the Cora Jade Mako match, because I I don't think Cora Jade's quite got what Roxanne Perez has, mm. but they'll just want to do the heel baby face there as well, I would imagine. Absolutely. I've got high expectations that. I think Cora Jade works so much better as a heel in the ring, which has came out of nowhere for me. I've got, you know what? I'm positive about WWE. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, right. Bron Breaker and Tyler Beard are getting ready for their tag match later. They appear to be on the same page. And then we get a video package uh, with Damon Kemp talking through his time in Diamond Mine and how <laughs> pissed off he was eventually by being overlooked by... Uh, uh, the reason why he attacked Roddy Strong in the in the uh, in the car park, and then you know he gave them this creeper. There's this one last chance, and they just fobbed him off, and that's why he just clattered Julius with the chair. Of course, at the uh, premium live event to cost them the tag titles. Uh, he said, "It's not Diamond Mine forever; it's Damon Kemp forever." What do you make of all this? 
I didn't hate this, you know. And well, I, I get a decent I, explanation of signing, lining it all up. Well, this is it. I think there were, to be fair to them, I would say this was a shock rather than a surprise. There has been various points where we've all tried to like kind of fantasy, but where the dividing line will fall with Diamond Mine, as they used with Gallus quite effectively, like, oh, is Roddy Strong led this and he hasn't you know they're beating him up too and Kemp being the one on the sidelines that kind of got to watch we've kind of had it's, it's sort of a similar thing with Dominic Mysterio haven't we where yeah. like the way, when the turn eventually comes it's like because he's pretty pissed off about what's played out in front of him with these people that are supposed to be the state professionals while he's the young guy he's supposed to be under a learning tree and he doesn't see the point of it anymore so I just think all along they've not done a bad job of leaving this as a possibility so that when it's happened it doesn't feel stupid yeah or you don't feel like talked down to by a story that's got loads of plot holes or anything i think he's got as much potential as anybody else i've seen like there's been far worse than him mm. when it comes to delivering this sort of message as well like far faker feeling guys and i like the, the scattering of little you know tidbits of like the fact he beat brutus when they were wrestlers together back mm. at like yeah college or whatever it was i, I really like this as a as a justification for the actions they've kind of hit this in plain sight effectively and They've done, if you look at all the detail, now it's, <clears throat> sorry, I'll get, it's like dovetailed <laughs> across, you know, the Tony D stuff and all the rest of it. Like, realistically, some writers who aren't just pitching tits to Pritchard <laughs> have had a bloody good go with this. That's the uh, title of Will Bond's NXT 2.0 yeah, book. Yeah. <laughs> Pitching tits to Pritchard. Chapter Pitching one. tits to Pritchard. In and the beginning, uh, there was tits. Booty <laughs> to Bruce. <laughs> and uh, nothing to Johnny Ace, you idiots. Johnny Ace is dead. <laughs> Boobies to brother love. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good stuff, all this, I thought. Um, and uh, yeah. Like Dave and Kemp still got nothing about him. That's ever going to make him a TV star. But, you know, you write stories to try and help that, and, you know, I have to help myself at some goddamn point. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, then we are backstage with... <laughs> uh, they, they're putting out how good the gizm is, uh, and they've got those <laughs> base pins. It's getting pretty funny and stupid, this, isn't it? Like, they've gone... Uh, this wasn't so dark, was it? This was more no. like it was... We have a segment on Worlds Collide, didn't they, where they're trying to give out these yeah. pins? They've gone you say the jism again? The jism. Don't look at me. Do it. Say the jism. The jism. Okay. Just if it, I'm not going to put it under the podcast, but every now and then if it comes up. Uh... And they offer, uh, anyway, so they're there. They're offering out these happy face pins, including to one. Uh, Kiana James and her secretary. Oh, my God. Um, she takes the pin. Oh, boy. Uh, she uh, throws it in no. the trash. She uh, she doesn't do free sponsorships, you see. And then yeah. she gets on the phone. Where's that bloody annual report? <laughs> what's she, what's she Branded or something. She's like, I don't know. Where does she employ? Because I uh, thought it was in NXT. And uh, she's she's really busy. Not wrestling. <laughs> so is Ariana Grace. <laughs> He's got, I don't know, some bloody scheduling conflict or Nothing whatever. Nothing to do with wrestling. Like, I got this, I got this, I got You got a match once in a f***ing while? Like <laughs> anyway, you, you do two things. You, you move forward with your left foot and you wrestle matches. <laughs> you might do a bit of press. And your capacity is a professional wrestler, a WWE superstar. Like, these people don't have other <laughs> jobs. Don't tell me they do. It's... They've brought back the thing, and they're wrong, that the thing that people think is the all-time worst thing about the WWF. 
Yeah. That's the occupational gimmicks. Yeah, but they're kind of getting over. I really like Yeah, I love them here. Yeah, with you. Yeah, with us. With us. Yeah. Not, not with actual fans, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, they, 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 luckily enough, they both hate uh, Zoe and Nikita, so that's yep. good, I think. <laughs> that's coming. Um, and what came next was, I think, arguably Trick Williams' best singles match in NXT. I thought, obviously, he was going to work well because he's in there with bloody Ricochet, who's fantastic. And I also liked, surprise, surprise, Carmelo Hayes on commentary. Uh, I did like the bit early on. Ricochet just schools Trick Williams from the moment the bell goes. Uh, and Trick Williams spills to the outside, to which Carmelo Hayes goes, Hey, give him a chance. <laughs> like that. Like he hasn't been the whole reason that he didn't win the North American Championship on Sunday. Uh, and eventually, the Carmelo Hayes, you know, smack talking to Ricochet distracts him. And then when Ricochet turns back in and gets back in the ring, that allows Williams to take over. He beats him down, he even mocks him at one point, but then Ricochet begins, begins his comeback, just that ridiculous flyer, flying offense that he has. Uh, loads of high spots. And then he hits um, Trick Williams with the recoil in the middle of the ring and just makes a point of pointing to Carmelo Hayes and basically saying, this should have been you on Sunday. This would have been you had it not been for your, your mate here. Uh, and he hits the uh, shooting star press for the one, two, three, and Carmelo Hayes is, is not happy. He feels like he should be done and dusted with this guy, but clearly Ricochet's got unfinished business. Yeah, Ricochet's got better days ahead in WWE with Triple H in charge now, obviously. But I kind of want him to live here for a little bit because he looks like an absolute megastar. He looks like the top guy that just doesn't happen to have the belt yet. The match with Carmelo Hayes was about as good as everybody says it was, you yeah. know, and, and it was getting like rupturous critical acclaim at various points before all the conversation was lost to all out and everything. So it's kind of like it'll probably go down as a bit of a hidden gem yeah. in, that, in that respect. But then maybe not because they'll maybe have a rematch informed by it. Yeah, That'll be it just so as good, good. if not it. better. I would agree. Like he, he really clearly helped. Trick Williams threw something really quite good here. And Trick Williams doesn't have too many of them in him yet. Uh, and he just, his presence that he had pre-WWE, by the way, um, but this presence that he carries to this brand with a lot of guys that are nowhere near his level when he's just clearly still one of the best pro wrestling athletes in the world makes him look like three foot taller. I, I love him on the show. Like I was starting to think, well, he can't really beat Carmelo Hurts, but I was starting to think about the inevitable Ricochet Bron Breaker one-off and things like that. Like, I'm fantasy booking matches where he can help bring people along and they can bang. I think it's a really good idea to put him on NXT 2.0 because you can't rehabilitate and push and debut everyone all at once. Mm. It kind of behooves Triple H to do this sort of thing so that Ricochet, a little bit, again, it's possibly impossible, given that NXT 2.0, but just in the wider wrestling world, the way it's unfolding in 2022 specifically, um, to just get that sort of... I know Ricochet is actually doing some awesome, awesome stuff in NXT 2.0, and then he can rebuild that like low-level critical mm. acclaim, a that, mystique on a nationally televised yeah, wrestling show, yeah. Yeah. And the kind of uh, you know like oh, don't sleep on it. It's like oh, what there's something that I shouldn't be sleeping on, all that kind of thing. So I think it's a good idea, but my God, it's just you're not going to get any penetration in that new cycle at the minute. Mm. Um, but regardless, this match was like fine to pretty damn good at spots. And again, like, if Trick Williams, you know what I said all along? Put him in the dojo. Yes, right? yeah, yeah. Now the idea might be put him on Raw, have him work these 20-minute Triple H matches, <laughs> and then after, like, six months, he might start to really, really get it and get hot. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like Triple H does, like, reps. That's his style. Oh, you want reps? Put you on Raw. He'll do, like, three years' worth of work in bloody six months. <laughs> That's how long these bloody matches are. 
Good work. They're ready as an act. Yeah. They're, they're 100% ready as an act. There was a moment in this match where he just did a pose over Ricochet, and I just thought, oh, yeah, if you get it, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's yeah. going he's gonna to just go places. Uh, anyway, back to Tony D's coffee shop. <laughs> Stax has been working on the espresso. <laughs> Tastes better, this one. Uh, Tony says, hey, uh, can you believe Pretty Deadly trying It's to- a bit like naturalistic dialogue. To, like, lead into the yeah, interruption yeah, of the pro. It's so two guys enjoying a nice cup of coffee. Two guys doing horrendously artificial dialogue <laughs> with a massive camera pointed in front oh, of hey, their face. With vests that they bought in a deal together, it looks yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, he says, hey, can you believe uh, Pretty Deadly trying to pull a fast one on us like we didn't know? And then this is the point when I love this, right? What have they been doing for the, what, was it half an hour or, like, 15 minutes before... Perfecting espresso. Stax was trying to get the kettle working. So that's when they decided to talk about the thing that had just happened, which if something just happened to me, right? Someone came in like the wrestling office downstairs and went, Way! <laughs> <laughs> and then they left, right? You'd think, why did Joe say way? <laughs> you wouldn't wait 15 minutes and go, hey, remember when Joe said way? Can you believe that? <laughs> It's just rubbish, man. Well, I think, to be fair, they were obsessed with correcting the espresso, and they literally just got that correct, because he said, he made a little swagger, boys. So they just <laughs> got that correct. He's like, right, now we've got that sorted. <laughs> Let's move on to the next time of business. <laughs> oh, bloody pretty deadly. Do you remember that? Just here. All these characters pause, like the credits on like an old American sitcom. You know, when you see the still image at the yeah, end yeah, of the yeah. credits roll, that's what they all do in between there. When you get, like, when you've gifted more than one segment on NXT 2.0, that's what you do. Who is it? Is that, what's the one? Is it Naked Gun or something where they freeze and someone, they've just made people just stand still still, moving. Yeah. You can see everything shaking. Uh, right. Uh, anyway, so Cameron Grimes walks past and he goes, oh, there he is, my man CG. Hey, look, he's back. Hey, now I, uh, I gave you some time. <laughs> he's transformed into Stax here. I enjoyed doing Stax too much. Has he got another line? Yes, yeah, Stax got another line. Okay. <laughs> Oh, uh, <laughs> some time to think it over. You've, uh, you must have reconsidered. Uh, you don't got to tell me I was right. Me and you both know. Sex, get him a fresh espresso on that. Okay, boy, again. We're left born from old Staxy there. Uh, Grimes goes, bloody hell, you guys, you know, stopped here. You're like, Gacy said, look, I appreciate the coffee. Don't speak Italian very well, so I'm going to say this very slow in English. The answer is no. Not today, not tomorrow, not any day. Cameron Grimes don't need nobody, he says, and he definitely don't need you to. Don't get curious at this. He says, I gave you the benefit of the doubt the first time. I am not going to do it again. Huh? The last two guys that said no... He not here anymore. He got the rando schmucks out of town. And Grimes says, well, I'm not like them. <laughs> yeah, because people actually respect them. Huh? <laughs> Stacks gets him with his finger. <laughs> Cameron Grimes don't take this anymore. He chucks the espresso in Stax's face. And he gets into a big brawl. Uh, and eventually, uh, Tony slams him through a table. And says, let's get out of here to, to Stacks." I hate to see my boys fighting, but my god, it's oh my god! What potential storyline we've got here? That's gonna be rubbish, mate. I'm sorry. It's gonna be absolute yeah. gold dust for Wilborn. <laughs> I love seeing an Adam Wilborn Derby set up on this show. Yeah, I yeah. do. But we have 
obviously neglected to mention a detail. While Keanu James was doing a business earlier, um, somebody in a hoodie went and got a badge off the Dyed, didn't they? Yeah. And then Cameron Grimes happened to be in the building hours later saying, oh, I'm not going to go with the Gases, I'm not going to go with you. But the person was completely covered up, uh-huh. taking the badge. Like, has Cameron and Grimes needs, already needs, made his choice? He needs a partner for next week. This it's is it, yeah. He's Cameron fine. Grimes in question mark. Red crumbs, baby. It's some espresso. I, d- <laughs> I was trying to know, sell them. <laughs> prospect of Cameron Grimes going to their Diad and you haven't a oh. combined all of that. It's got me needing this turn <laughs> at this point. I do think I'll have like a hernia or something if I, was, I have to I try was, and... I was worried about like how aspirations and hopes and dreams would go in the post-dominant Mysterio heel turn world, but I think I found a new one. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anything else you want to say about this segment? Nah, there's, <laughs> there's literally nothing to it. This was a cartoon. <laughs> 30 seconds, stretched out to five minutes on the <laughs> podcast. Uh, Creek Brothers getting interviewed by Mackenzie. They are obviously furious about what Damon Kemp had to say about them, about Diamond, about Ivy Nile, who's also there. Um, and in comes Pretty Deadly. Uh, they're furious because of these rumors going around that people think that without Damon Kemp, they wouldn't have won the tag team title match. So you know what? If everyone gets talking about this online, the fans want to, you know, get involved so much. Why don't we have another match where the fans pick the stipulation uh, and the Creed brothers agree with Julius saying, we're going to take it out on your bitch asses. Yeah. Yeah. In the match. Excited for the stipulation. Well, what's the crack there? Like, have is a look. It, see if we can, I'm not even... Do you get the vote? Yeah, I'm assuming I'll do like a Twitter vote or something or like... Or dot com. Dot com. Dot com. <laughs> I, don't, I don't see a bunch of trash bath on this goddamn roster. I just in the Cayman angle. I don't <laughs> see. Uh, I don't see any votes yet, but maybe that'll be later on this week yeah. or something. I'll keep an eye out for it. Could be funny. <laughs> Sorry, I've just gone WWE.com and you've got you know, there's uh, who's that? That's Bron Breaker kicking the crap out of Gallus, and then you go, yes, boy, and then you got Dewdrop, and then you got look, Bolly Cruz in his red eye. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, right, well, on to the next one. Oh, it was the first in the best of three series between Nightful Brazer uh, and uh, Axiom. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> is, he, is he like a cartoon superhero math guy? Yep, yeah. That's the whole thing. Yeah, okay. That thing, man, Sidgwick, I was pissing myself. The sort of. Uh, Sidgwick said, uh, I fixed this whole promotion. And it's like, yeah, what's your favourite comic? <laughs> also good. <laughs> Could do either. I think they could have actually done with the hometown win as well, to yeah. be honest, to clash at the castle. So it's even better in retrospect, my idea. Yeah. Uh, but it was very enjoyable seeing these two uh, ridiculous high flyers getting there. A very high-paced match. Uh, respectful, but starts getting, I think at one point, Axiom tries to get him in like a Kamori. He's torturing him. Loads of high spots. Um, Axiom's got got his injured leg, and Fraser targeted it for the, for the most part. But then, uh, just it looks like Fraser might have the match won. Out of nowhere, Axiom nails him with like a it was like a jumping drop kick or a leg lariat or something uh, to get the one two three and go one nil up in this best of three. I'm excited to see two more of these matches. Oh my god, me too. This is so awesome. This is so awesome. And the best thing is, is that you know you're going to get the best saved for last. Yeah. Some of the absolute some of the wrestling here was incredible. The way they sort of linked that. Sort of modern day Matrix minute inspired sequence, which we see all the goddamn time. This was this version of it was absolutely electrifying, and indeed, it felt so incredibly strategic. I don't know 
how it had the right to do this, but it was obviously incredibly well choreographed without feeling remotely choreographed. Yeah. It was sensational. The best is yet to come. I'm actually going to actively, earnestly look forward to the next thing, which isn't even the best thing. So obviously, it's going to go to a goddamn rubber, a rubber Gianni. <laughs> and, uh, I was absolutely full of admiration and indeed joy watching this splendiferous action unfold. Yeah, a very good spot fest that had more to it as well because it was part of a best of three. Like, really impressed with how this was agented. You could tell with the counters what they were willing to give away now and then what stuff was ultimately going to catch the other one out in the later matches. They will learn from this. And there was stuff that was put in this match specifically so that it can be moved out the way of or can be twisted or counted or caught in the next one and the one after. And that's one of the magic things about a best of three or a best of seven where you're supposed to learn if you put this felt sporting, <laughs> considering that we just watched... This coffee shop thing with Tony Diango. Yeah. This was very, very sporting. Mm. Uh, uh, the weirdest feud continues backstage. So Hank... All of them? Hank, the security <laughs> guy, uh, is there. Lady. They're outside Gallus's changing room, and in walks Javier Bernal, who you may remember is just being a bit of a twat mm. backstage. And there was underreported story, and maybe it was last year... He's the hair model who Lauren Knight has told to like, put his hair short. Really? Like, he's ah, literally he's a hair model. And you're giving him, like, uh, trim those sideburns. Uh, <laughs> Daryl. He's probably got good hair. Yeah. Um, yes. Uh, and he says, uh, you grab your job, Dank. Which I think was correct, to be honest. <laughs> they were... We could all see where it was going, and they sent two security guards out to stop three people. Um... And then he goes, Ugh, you're like lowly security, effectively. And Hank doesn't have, doesn't, he's not having this. Uh, and he calls him a prick or That's something. his catchphrase. It's so pathetic. This guy, I don't like this guy's energy. No. Quite frankly. Uh, but a stacked show next week. Hank Walker versus Javier Bernal. <laughs> Got the tag match. <laughs> when he said stacked show, I just thought, imagine two hours of stacks. Stacks, yeah. Well, uh, stacks is in action against, with well, Tony. Yeah, stacks is like Seinfeld red curtain stand-up show. <laughs> you heard about this? <laughs> you seen this? You heard about this? What's the deal with airline food, huh? What do you get crossing the Atlantic? Tired arms. <laughs> I can tell that right, flying across the Atlantic. There we go. <laughs> What's the deal with airline food? I don't know. Tony, no, let me fly the plane. <laughs> don't forget to get you a special on the way out. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much for coming. So Stacks the Air Steward now. He's 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 having it. It was a flight. (laughs) (laughs) In an emergency. Tony's the pilot. Tony Tony Airline. Your exits are here and here. <laughs> <laughs> Blow it up before you remember that you really. Yeah. Make sure you fix your mask for yourself before you make it with all my ass. Yeah, where are the toilets on this plane? Can <laughs> 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 oh. tell us where they are? I need to know where they are. You get to. <laughs> <laughs> There's located the front and the rear of this aircraft. 
what would we do in times of turbulence? <laughs> and the captain. Go! Put the seatbelt sign on. <laughs> oh, God, I'm sweating. <laughs> Starks, I'm a bit thirsty. <laughs> Have you got anything for me? Yeah, you look at the in-flight menu, we have a wide selection of beverages, although I may suggest an espresso. <laughs> <laughs> My voice not working. <laughs> <laughs> My voice is not working. <laughs> Oh my god. What are the uh, what are the food options stacks? Please do not fiddle with the emergency exit, otherwise we will be sleeping with the fishes. <sighs> <sighs> oh, um my watch hasn't. My We've been sat here a long time. Is uh, there a delay of any kind, Starks? <laughs> the captain has just informed me we have a slight delay. <laughs> oh, What's the in flight movie, Starks? <laughs> <laughs> It's the Godfather again. I don't know what you want from me. All we got is the Godfather. <laughs> again. Come on. Repeat business until he realizes the Godfather again. Jesus Christ. I need the airline. Oh. What are we talking about? <laughs> Oh yeah, Hank's been a twat basically. <laughs> so have you open all. Uh and uh yeah, Mello and Trick are there with Mackenzie Mitchell. Uh and Mackenzie Mitchell is the one to inform Carmelo that he's defending his title next week uh for the one year anniversary of NXT Duper O uh, against the challenger chosen by Thank the fans. Thank you WWE so much for this fucking show. What a year. What a year. I see we were just here going. So yeah. the streets of Cardiff on Saturday night in your honour, just talking to each other in Tony D voice. Just, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. just in conversation. What did you think of that show? I quite liked it. What are you making? <laughs> Jesus Christ. What a year. What a year. You never got this with frigging black and no, gold, did you? Just never got this with AW. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, main oh. event time. Gallus. Versus Bron Breaker and Tyler Bitt. I thought Breaker and Bate made a great team here. Um, I did like the bit where they did the whole, you know, the Steiner Brothers bit. Yeah. It just worked. It's awesome. Um, well, he's really hard. Like, the thing with Tyler Bate is he's absolutely nails. And too often, either him or whoever's booking him don't cast him as that. Hard. Like, he's a kid. He's rock hard. Looks like, like a 40-year-old vegan hippie now, but he's still a kid. Yeah. Like, if you shave, shave those sideburns, Daryl, he'll deck yeah. you. He'll absolutely Any, deck you. Anytime he, he does anything involving his legs and you go, look at those legs. Yeah. I should put Pete Dunne on this show as well because Tyler Bate, having fun and yeah. not doing serious grimdark stuff rules. Would you keep him as a dog or a wrestler? On the, like now. Cats and dogs always fight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Legacy feud, he could be a cat. Yes. Finn Actually, that's Finn Balor. Butch and Finn Balor. Uh, <laughs> realise that's Finn Balor's gimmick. Do you want to go into business for yourself? <laughs> we know all about that in wrestling this week. <laughs> uh, anyway, after the break, the heels take over. Basically, they use the numbers advantage because there's Wolfgang at ringside not wrestling in this match. That One of the coffees takes the ref. The other one chases off or gets chased off by 
whoever uh, tied up. Uh, who, uh, Ron Breaker chased off the other coffee, basically, and uh, Bate gets sent into the post by Wolfgang. That means they can target him, they can isolate him. Think Tony D's segments are all for LTST for the coffee. <laughs> Maybe. Is that what this is about? <laughs> yeah, this is a real, a real through line of coffee throughout <laughs> this entire show. Facts have been scouting. Um, I did what you asked. I made you a coffee. <laughs> that wasn't what I was talking about, you jamoke. You do not. Eventually, Bate finally gets a bit of separation in there after being like bear hugged and what have you, and gets to over to Bron Breaker. And this was exactly what you need from him. He just wrecked everyone, chucked Gallus all over the place, suplexed the coffees left, right, and center. Uh, pulls down the straps, uh, tags Bate. They go for like a doomsday device. Steiner finisher, obviously. Uh, flying Bulldog from Tyler Beard, but it only gets a near fall because I think Joe Coffey comes in to break it all up. Then they almost did the Bray Wyatt-Roman Reigns mm. bit. Um, Tyler Bates set to finish off one of the coffees, and uh, the other one comes to get involved, and Breaker just flies in and tackles him out of the way, uh, and uh, Bate hits. Um, well, they, take rid- they get rid of uh, uh, Wolfgang with the old... Called bang and bop, yeah, yeah. Pops uh, Bate does that weird head first thing off the ropes that he does and uh, executes the Tyler Driver 97. One, two, three. Bate and Breaker stand tall. Looks like that's going to close out the show when all of a sudden JD McDonough attacks Tyler, Tyler Beard and uh, slinks off into the audience to close the show. 15 minutes, and uh, Tyler Beard's already found a better tag team partner than Trent Seven. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. I'm just high on the act. I'm just high on the act. Mustache Mountain were very good. They had, like, one of the best matches in NXT history. Yes. I'm just joking. But what I'm trying to say in a less performatively mean-spirited way is that, oh, my God, I kind of want these guys to be a tag team. Yeah. Yeah. Please, this was awesome. And Gallus were in it. So how much (laughs) more awesome must it have been as a result? My God. Loved it. This is like Tony Khan putting people together. Yeah. It's like, how the hell did he get this done? But do it again. I, like, this is it. I don't know where it's going, but I was so pleased that JD McDonough kicked something off with Tyler Bate because I was like, I don't want this to be like the teasing out of the heel turn so we have the title match again. Yeah. It's like 2.0, masturbate, break a bait. Like, the, <laughs> like, honestly, they felt right straight away. Um, Bron Breaker, like I'm all for like sort of perception is reality. And he looks like a, he typically looks like this cool jock ass kicker. But... Tyler Bate is like shorter. I know he's like super strong and stout and that, but he's shorter and he's pale. He's very British. And we know compared to like Americans, we're like little small fry. Yeah. And like Bron Breaker looks like Sid next to him. <coughs> like, the chemi- huge. like the physical chemistry works so well for the pair of them. And Gallus would job us to the stars, which is like, if that's what you're going to bring him over for. Okay. Yeah, right. yeah I'll, take, I'll take that. Yeah. yeah. It's weird. It's Get the back sh- here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I wish they could have more... Mike time so I could perversely enjoy that they're a bit rubbish a bit more, but you know, we're to work in progress. You'll get, on, get on Raw eventually, don't worry. Imagine Wolfgang on Raw. <laughs> <laughs> My bloody after, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, a really enjoyable ending to a, a quite enjoyable show, I think it's fair to say. Yep. <laughs> what a year it's been. Fantastic. It's been fantastic. We're the only three people in the world that love this brand as much as we do, but like if you know, you know. It's been a year. Yeah. Uh, indeed. Well, let us know your thoughts on the uh, it's not it's not not season finale, really, is it? It's just it never ends. But the uh, we always dread that it might be. I know. <laughs> yes, the fifty-first episode, I believe, of uh, NXT Two. But oh, uh, let us know your thoughts on it on Twitter at What Culture WWE. 
uh, where you can also send us any drawings you might want to make of Pony D's airline. <laughs> you can follow all three of us on Twitter as well. You can follow Michael Hamflet at... Michael Hamflet. Follow Michael Sidgwick at... M Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at What Culture WWE, as I said. Make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts. We will be back later on today to look ahead to... Whatever AEW Dynamite is going to be. Oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ. Uh, good luck with that one, everyone. But for now, this has been the NXT Duper. Oh, oh. My thanks to the Dally Boys. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.